Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number one of the Get Right with Reggie KG on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. My man Chris Strong holding down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation with you for the next four hours here on this Thursday night, a little Thursday night football between the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. Don't worry, you'll want to listen to the Get Right more than watch that football game. So hang out with us here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Cam and on YouTube as well. Search 105 through the fan on YouTube and hit the subscribe button while you are there at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg at a tool if you want to get at us on Twitter at 820 tonight. Joel Anderson of Slate and the Hang Up and Listen podcast can be joining us to talk a little college football on the weekend. Um, the Excuse me, the uh, precipice of some huge college football this coming weekend, I should say. And then at 920, Bobby Carella of Mavs.com and Studio 41 is going to be joining us to talk a little Mavericks basketball as the Mavericks get ready for their second NBA Cup game tomorrow when they host James Harden and the Los Angeles Clippers. That game. Wow, up. it gets to be James Harden in the pips now? I mean. Don't let Kawhi Leonard hear you. <laughs> Put them paws on you. Okay, all right. What, what, what's playoff P going to do? Oh, hey, Mason Marchman scored. Hey, stars in action tonight as well. Yeah, they're playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. Unfortunately, they're down 2-1. to one, but Oh, no. At least they just got one back. Mason Marchment, third goal of the season. Okay, is there uh, need six more goals to satisfy you? That You oh. know what? I think I might have relented. Oh, really? That. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the minimum amount of goals now the Stars got to score again, score again to satisfy you? Now? I haven't thought about it. I'll, I'll get back to you. But right now, it's at least two. Yeah, okay. All you right. Know? Fair enough. Fair right? enough. I think that's a fair Just metric. get it tied and then work our way from there. There we go. Got it. Got it. Uh, speaking of getting worked, that's what the Giants are going to get on Sunday. Uh, that's, from, that's a popular thought, yeah. Yeah, from the Dallas Cowboys. The question that we start off our conversations tonight, is there any chance that the Giants could be actually a trap game? No. Uh, yeah, I was like, you were opening no. this up to a discussion at this point? Uh, no. Yeah, that this is the thing. Is like, look, man. I'm interested because you brought this. You brought this to the table, so I'm interested in in the thought behind this and why that could be a possibility in your mind. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Gavin Dawson asked this during crosstalk, I believe, yesterday, and my instant thought was, no, absolutely not. Um, this is a team that averages 11 points per game, which is by far the worst in the NFL. That's right. This year. Um, I think we were having the conversation about the way that you know Vegas set this thing up, and obviously Vegas isn't the end all be all, but they they know a little something about some. What was the line that has been set on this game? Uh, that'd be thirty eight and a half. 
That's the that's the uh, that's over the, over under. Yeah, the over under. I believe uh, the line is now seventeen. It was sixteen and a half. I believe it's now seventeen. So all indications are they expect the Cowboys to win and win big and yes. score a lot of the points. That's right in this effort. And so that's Vegas. That and then you look at the fact that they are running out as you stated, uh, Tom, uh, Tommy DeVito, who is uh, Danny DeVito's uh, cousin or Second nephew cousin, or something that's like right. that. Uh huh. That's right. Um, they have him not verified by the way, but undrafted you know. quarterback. And this ain't undrafted like uh, t- uh like none of these other cats that was out here undrafted. <laughs> this ain't this ain't seventh round Brock Purdy. That's right. This ain't none of that. This is real life bona fide undrafted quarterback Tommy DeVito. Um, at the quarterback position for them. They've had significant injuries in other places. And so, look, man, it just feels like this one is a foregone conclusion. However, we'd be wrong to not do our due diligence. And also, how there have been instances, particularly with these Dallas Cowboys, where we have written off a game, hello, Arizona Cardinals, Uh-oh. and then it comes back to bite you. Now, I sincerely, I just, look, I'm not I'm not one of the people that does those bets where you have no benefit on the back end. <laughs> but like this would be the game where I would feel the need to do that if I was that kind of person. And so it's just like I don't I don't see them losing to the Giants, but if we could tort ourselves, is there any possible path where the Cowboys would have to be any level concerned about the New York Giants? And I mean to be fair, you look at what uh you look at Micah Parsons, you look at Dak Prescott, they've all uh I mean even your head coach Mike uh, McCarthy have all said that they are not underestimating this Giants team. And so I feel like we probably shouldn't either. Let's see, is there any possibility of a trap game here on Sunday? Uh, in my mind, no, but I'm going to do the obligatory. You have to take every team in the NFL seriously because they're getting paid just like you are to sure. play games. And any given Sunday, anything can happen, Josh Dobbs. Um, so the idea being, look, it's a divisional opponent. You're coming off a really difficult loss on the road last week to the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you are playing up to the standard of football that you're capable of, this should be a relative walk in the park. I see the 214 on the truckmate.com text line, 877-881-1053. Saquon is still that guy. And that's about the only weapon that I am of concerned going into the game. But even then, Cowboys have done relatively well against Saquon Barkley throughout the course of his career. So even the run defense, I feel like we'll be able to have a decent day against a very suspect offensive line. But for the Cowboys, this is now all about, using your favorite word, momentum building going forward as they have the next three games to really build on what should be an easy three-game schedule if you handle your business correctly and set up what could be a potential showdown with the Philadelphia Eagles in about a month or so about what this game could mean at the top of the NFC. But it starts by continuing to extend your win streak which is now currently at 11 at AT&T Stadium, making it 12, and more importantly, getting a win and then moving forward here. This, If this is a trap game, then we got a real problem around here because divisional opponent at home against a team that you don't necessarily like, that you've had a lot of success going all the way back just to week one, yep. should handle business here. I, I uh, Look, you know I agree with all these things that you're saying. I'm going to try and make the cases of the things to be concerned for the Giants. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to help out, feel free. Truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. Understanding that, look, man, we're just trying to do our the doest of our due diligence. For right? sure. Um, uh, the Tommy DeVito thing. We talk about him as not being particularly notable, and that's fine. But then also, he doesn't have tape on him. And so, in theory, 
if there is some level of added you know, presence in this, he has some mobility, those types of things that a team cannot adequately prepare for because they have not seen enough of him. Does that give you any modicum of concern coming into this game? Uh, no. Uh, there aren't. Okay. Let me, let me back up. Am I concerned because it's an NFL team? Sure I am. Sure. Because you never know what happens. Right. But anything that's presented to me, I feel like the Cowboys have a good counter for it. And when you look at their situation based off of what they've got on both sides of football, that necessarily doesn't concern me either. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is something I found interesting because okay. I tried to enlist the the likes of, you know, some Giants friendly sites okay. to see kind of what their thinking was. And obviously they're not very excited about the matchup themselves I wouldn't for be good either. reason. Yeah. One thing they did mention, right, is that when it comes to uh, Dak Prescott has played well and the Cowboys line ranks 19th in pass, pass blocking grade, uh, according to PFF. Okay. The the issues that have been in pass blocking have been Terrence Steele and Tyler Biotish. We see that very much the same, right? Um, and so with those being the case, those spots line up pretty nicely with what the Giants do when you talk about Dexter Lawrence and then you talk about the likes of Kayvon Thibodeau on, on the outside that would be taking on Terrence Steele. How does that land with you when you talk about Dexter Lawrence up the middle, maybe being able to big boy your center, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, a, a very solid pass rusher in this league, possibly being on the outside against Terrence Steele, who has had some struggles, um, and somewhat visibly so, a little bit uh, pass blocking on the right side. Yeah, and I'll start with Dexter Lawrence because for this run game for the Dallas Cowboys, they should be able to have some success against a team that does struggle in defending the run. So if you're looking for a quote-unquote get-right game for Tony Pollard in this run game, this could be it against the New York Giants. Kayvon Thibodeau on the other side, as far as getting after, you know, the quarterback is of slight concern. But again, based on the way that this Cowboys offensive line for the most part has played this year, I would hope for Terrence Steele after the dreadful week that he had last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, that the focus and the attention to detail will be much better for him this week to where he's able to handle his business a lot better. Even if he doesn't necessarily have, um, a great game, he should have a much better game than what he had last week because I don't know if you can go anywhere lower than what he had last week against Philadelphia. I expect Terrence Steele to be much better this week because of the focus and attention to detail that I would think he would provide toward this opponent given what they can do in rushing the passer a little bit. Yeah, I, look, I hear you on that. I, I, I'm, I am still concerned about Terrence Steele, but of course... And rightfully so. Like, and Thibodeau is no slouch, but I also wonder how much um, this team has seen the struggles that he had, particularly in, in the larger stage of the Eagles game, which ends up being kind of a milestone on this season, mm-hmm. one of the major markers of these 17 games, and I wonder if that forces them or con- makes them consider possibly giving him a little bit more assistance in some of those ways. Um but I, I just I have a hard time understanding that, you know, the Giants have they do have those those players that are very good, but it's not like they have an abundance of players. And I think that that'll allow this Cowboys team to be very deliberate in the ways that they attack those guys in the ways that they are considerate of, hey, Kayvon Thibodeau was over there. Dex Lawrence is there and being very smart with it. And also, I think one thing that has been very that's been pretty clear with Dak Prescott is he's been pretty good. This season about handling pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that he took s- some sacks at very inopportune times this year, uh, but he's been very good about handling pressure. So, look, man, I that's my best shot at throwing out the possibility of what could happen in this trap game outside of the fact that maybe they there aren't the turnovers that the Cowboys have been good about 
And when those turnovers aren't there, you see games that are diff- more difficult or mm-hmm. honestly losses for these for this Cowboys team. But I, I don't know. Uh, is there a way that you see them maybe losing the turnover battle here? Uh, well, let's go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline and ask this guest. Uh, Bobby Belt apparently joining us here on the Get Right. Oh, hey, Robert. Uh, Bobby, what's going on? What's up, gentlemen? How are you doing? Uh, well, what do we owe the pleasure of this phone call? I had two things for you here. Okay, first off, I am out uh, watching uh, Gunter High School play, one of the top teams in the state, mm. getting ready for them to play out here in Richardson tonight. Okay. Uh, and as I was getting ready, I was walking by somebody sitting in the stands, Tolo Steve, who had a portable radio with him, and he had the Get Right on, like on a portable radio, just listening to the Get Right as he was getting ready uh, to watch this game here. So I thought that was cool. I want to tell you guys what a great job you're doing, first off. And second, I just want to commend you guys for being such professional broadcasters because I just heard KG talk about Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Reggie. I've heard you guys talk about, like, you know, hey, that's a concern there, that's a concern here. I just want to say – what fantastic broadcaster you guys, you guys are for being able to create drama out of a game that the Cowboys are going to win 70 to nothing. <laughs> the, Giants are, the Giants are effing terrible. And, and look, at, at, at 7 o'clock in the morning, I, I can't say the Giants are effing terrible necessarily um, because people are, are just waking up. They, they want their, their dose of reality a little bit. 7 o'clock at night, it's the end of the day. People just want the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what's great about the get right is that you guys are able to give them the truth. And so I'm here to give you the truth. But the Cowboys are going to win this game 70 to nothing. And uh, you, you guys are, are real pros to, to point out the, you know, any given Sunday flaws here. But I just want to tell you guys, I was, I was walking by, heard the get right on the, the little portable radio, thought that was cool, wanted to give a shout-out to my boys. So you all have a great show. Um, I'm going to watch this game. And hold, then on, I'm gonna... hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on. Hold on, yeah, hold on. Don't drop off the phone just yet. One, shout out to Tolo Steve. Shout we out to Tolo you. Steve. Thank yep, you. Yep, yep, shout out to Tolo Steve for I, sure. Can I, can I make you a counselor as well? Uh, get in your lawyer bag. and I need you to give your best uh, possible um, scenario. <laughs> make your final right? argument make, here, yes. Make your argument. <laughs> I understand that we, we are all in the place where we believe the Cowboys are going to blow the, blow the doors off the yes. Giants. But please, because I, I was having a hard time, as you might have been able to tell. What is your <laughs> sure, best case scenario sure. for is, making this, this case? Is, this, is an, this is an awful football team. If CeeDee Lamb doesn't get 300 yards receiving against Cordell Flott on Sunday, it's a failure. <laughs> right? Like I think that's the, the thing that I really take away from this. I watched them it leading up to week one, I was like, man, this is a, this is a pretty uh, bad team. And the Cowboys beat them 40 to nothing. And somehow, eight weeks later, I watched it and I said, uh, that team that I saw in week one, that Giants team I saw, would beat this current Giants team 70 to nothing as well. Uh, and so it's, a, it's a, a bad Giants team. The, the only way that they lose this game is like an act of God. Um, or just, you know... Mike McCarthy does what Mike McCarthy does, probably. Like oh, there it is. There it is. There's the agenda. There it is. Yep, there it like is. I said, it's, it's past 7 o'clock, gentlemen. I have had a couple cocktails. Like I, I, I Now we're getting to the bottom of it. it. Now we're getting to the bottom of it here. All right. But, but I, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to responsibly watch Gunter High School win this football game. Who am I shouting out from Gunter High School? Who is it? Parker Harris. Parker Harris. I'm mm. going to watch Parker Harris dominate. And and that's what I'm here for tonight. And I'm also here to hear you guys dominate like you've been doing in the ratings consistently from 7 to 11. So, Kevin Gray, Reggie Atatula, Chris Strong, I love you guys. Keep crushing it and have a good rest of the show. Appreciate you, Bobby. Love you, Bobby. Enjoy Thank that you. high school football. Uh, that sounds awesome. Watch high school football? Yeah. Yeah. On a Thursday night? Thursday, Friday? Anytime in the state of Texas. Sometimes Saturdays? 
Sometimes Sundays. Really? Have we have we gotten Sunday high school football? Oh, I don't know. Okay, I was about to say I was like, if that that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool though. Um, hmm. I do love that we got Bobby saying it so definitively. So look, if the if the if okay. the wildness happens. So here's what I was going to say before he called. We could take that clip. Yeah, exactly. And be real jerks about it. <laughs> Even though we agreed 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say before he called was, you have done an excellent job oh boy. of bringing a topic to the table. Fighting for my life. Because this is one of these games where you have to create that question. Right Fighting there. for my life. Fighting for content when it comes to a game like this. Because let me tell you something. People have been talking about this game like the Cowboys going to put the Giants in the dirt this weekend. And they probably will. Again, any given Sunday, just not this one. Re- just really try to be <laughs> thorough. Just not this one. Like, I just, like, <laughs> can I bend my brain to find? Because, like, even the situations where it's like, all right, man, um, the Cowboys have been attacking the middle of the field. Their linebackers and safeties don't scare me one bit, right? Like, they've, they've given real up-and-down performances over there. Uh, is there anything on offense? Like, you talk about Tommy DeVito. Even if you like any of the Sterling Shepherds or Slayton's, are they going to be able to get the ball out there? Like their best case scenario is probably, hey, can we get can we get a can we get um, Saquon Barkley in the Wildcat and get him free? Except their offensive line has been very very bad this year, including injuries that have made it even worse. Like I just ooh, Andrew boy. Thomas, their best offensive line is questionable coming into the game on on Sunday. Um, so there's that for the the Giants, but. Like the, the the closest thing I have to like the most realistic is just the Cowboys give a rash of uncharacter like unbelievable turnovers that then give the Giants short fields and things of that nature. I just woof woof woof. Yeah, this um this this should be a fairly comfortable win. I would fully expect Cooper Rush to be playing quarterback at the start of the fourth quarter on Sunday. Now, what could surprise us? Remember that one time that Mike White got out there? I forget what game exactly it was. But he was a quarterback for the Jets at one point. Yep. I think he threw for like 400-something yards in a game. And last year, people wanted to talk like he was going to be a real starting quarterback. <laughs> now, if, Is if, Mike White in the league? Like, I don't mean to I do that I don't disrespectfully. Even I, that is a legitimate question. Is Mike White in the league? Hey, but if Tommy DeVito come out here and go for 430 for four touchdowns. In the you, city of New York. Woo! They going to talk. Lose their crazy. damn minds. And we will, too. Oh, Mike White's with the Dolphins. That's cool. Oh, he's with the Dolphins? Good for him. Oh, shout out to him backing up Tuga Tungavailo out there. You sure he's the backup? I mean, he he doing something. Carrying a clipboard, backing up. I wonder if he's like the Catching Miami Sun every week. Why not? Sound like a good job to me. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. not? Yeah, every the, we got people from the 972. Most concerning thing is injuries. Like, can, Always. You, get, can you get through this? Always. That's called NFL. That's called the NFL, for sure. I feel like I should have asked what 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 is the most real most what's the most gaudy realistic score that you could see for the Cowboys in this game? Forty five nothing. Forty five, because they slow it down in the fourth quarter and they're just like, hey man, it's chill. Uh, or the last time the Cowboys played the Giants, what was the final score of that game that day? It was in the forties. I know that I stopped watching. Forty after to a while. nothing. I was like, I stopped watching after a while. Forty to nothing. So that's the most realistic score I can come up with. At least forty to nothing. Okay, very good. There you go. It's to get right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next here on our fine program, very simple question on a math soft. Next on the get right. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Simple question on a math soft. Uh, this particular quote from Kyrie Irving has got some questions that have to be answered about the Mavericks defense. It's the get right for Reggie KG here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Chris Strong holding it down for here on this Thursday night. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. Thursday night football in Chicago tonight as the Carolina Panthers visit the Chicago Bears. Panthers at 1-7, and seven, Chicago at 2-7. and seven. No Justin Fields tonight. Heavyweights. Uh, oh, boy. I know they can't flex out, you know, Thursday night games, but sometimes I wish. Sometimes I just, like, just just cancel the game. Move it to Saturday. <laughs> Not cancel the move, game. Move it to Saturday or just move it to Sunday. Like, don't just don't show the game, you know. But, hey. That's how they make the money, KG, is by showing the games. Amazon really got to hear. Was it, like, over a billion dollars or something like that? Something like that. Good gracious. I mean, as long as those checks clear for Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels, I'm sure they are just fine with it. Uh, last night, the Mavericks, who, boy, uh, speaking of not good at all, the Mavericks defense was horrendous last night as they lost to the Toronto Raptors. They gave up a whopping 72 points in the paint against the Toronto Raptors. They welcome in to the Mavericks, the Los Angeles Clippers tomorrow. Who don't have size, <laughs> thankfully. You know who they do have? Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they do have him. Mm-hmm. Paul George. They do have him. Terrence Mann. They do have him. Russell Westbrook. Yep. You know I can I can go deep in this bag I'm before I get how, to him. I'm going to see how, you, how far you go. Oh, they just traded Nichols with him. Uh, who else yep. they got? Uh, He's gone. I mean, Miles Plumlee is still technically there. Ivica Zubac. There's the one I was looking for right there. Fantastic. Because he is barbecue chicken, Walt, every time he sees Luka Doncic. That's my favorite matchup every time I watch those two play. Yeah, Lu- Luca loves telling Zubac, come here. <laughs> hey, come on out here. Come here. Come on out here. Let's dance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that'll that be fun. Now, the rest of it, I don't know. But Luca Doncic and company last night losing to the Raptors. Okay, so we know, we, and we've talked about this with this defense, right? Yes. And last night, no Derek Lively out with a non-COVID uh, you know, illness. He's questionable tomorrow night as well, actually. For the game. Oh, no. I know, right? But last night, apparently, Jason Kidd speaking to his basketball team after the game was over with. Shout out to ESPN's Tim McMahon, who was on these airwaves a little bit earlier this week here on the Get Right. Had this about, uh, oh, 10 hours or so ago. This was at 9, 12 in the morning. Shout out to him for early morning work. Jason Kidd delivered a, quote, blunt message in the locker room after the Mavs allowed 72 points in the paint Again, and last night's loss to the Raptors. Kyrie Irving saying, quote, when you have your head coach calling you soft, you've got to take that personally and take that as a challenge, end quote. Okay, so Kyrie Irving is telling us that the coach called him soft. That's what it appears. But he didn't give us a direct quote of what he said. 
Because uh, that's his takeaway, hit, right? Yes. His takeaway is that they call he called him soft. He called him soft. There's a lot of different ways you can call someone soft. <laughs> and so I'm interested in that portion of it in some ways. But also, like, yeah, no, there is there needs to be a question about um about these guys' intensity because when it comes down to it, it, it is kind of striking that it does seem like with Derek Lively goes your defense. That feels like a problem to to levy that much importance on a 19-year-old, and it's good that he has that level of impact in some ways, but it can't be all of it. Uh, but also, like the, the level of defense that he brings is great, but even if you want the defense to be some level of good, even if he has that level of impact, you still need others to impact and put in, and that should not go away because Derek Lively as a backstop is not there. Agreed. And I can't say specifically that all those things disappeared because we couldn't get our eyes trained, you know, specifically on that because we're on the air. But it did seem like there was a whole lot of Pascal Siakam just holding the ball above dudes' heads. Yeah, and he had his way in getting to the paint, you know, all night. At one point, 28 of his 29 points all coming in the paint. You know, I talked to somebody over at the Mavs today about this. And they they said, well, you know, uh, and they said, look, you know, they think they attributed more to having three games in four nights and travel with that as well that contributed to what was a poor effort defensively for this team. And confirming, like, look, yeah, the message after the game last night was, yeah, the, the defense has got to be better. Now, that is something that as we continue to watch this team, that's going to be under the microscope all year. But the attributing to Derek Lively and the importance that he has on this team Already, as a 19-year-old, it feels slightly unfair. But at the same time, this is right now their best anchor in the middle Mm -hmm. is Derek Lively. And you're going to have to be okay with the growing pains as this season rolls along to at the hopefully at the point where he can consistently be on the floor and figure those things out. But it's going to be a long road to get there. My brother or sister in Christ, speaking directly to the person that you Uh spoke to Mm -hmm. in the Mavs front office. You telling me eight games into the season, we talking about the fatigue of a three three games and four nights. And understandable, three games and four nights is an undertaking. However, this is the National Basketball Association. They've tried to kind of lessen the impact of scheduling, but scheduling is going to happen sure. in this league. And I think that some of this, as we know, Jason Kidd likes to play some of the I, mind games is the wrong connotation, connotation, but he likes to play some of the psychological side. Of this, we've seen that with his time here. Clearly, uh-huh. we've seen that with his time in Milwaukee. In fact, this, those are some of the things that came out in the Giannis book that Miran Fader wrote. That kind of got taken in such a way where people were concerned about his management style. Mm-hmm. We heard that all the way back to. I mean, if you want to look at him dropping the soda on the court, that's a certain level of <laughs> oh, this as well, me, right? Like, me, there's me. always some level of trying to maneuver in some ways. But, like, I wonder how much he's looking up and he's like, look, man, we're barely into this. I can't have y'all fading in any way, shape, or form. The The excuse of three three games and four ni- nights is not sufficient, right? The excuse, the excuse of nagging injuries is not sufficient. Not saying that those things can't be real, but it's not sufficient if you want to get to the place that you want to get. And I, I wonder how much he is feeling the time strain of this because he's like, look, man, we can't afford to just be better this season and then go for it next year. You know, and understanding, like, I don't believe them to be in a contending pers- mm-hmm. perspective, but just like we used to be in the NFL, every, every, you know, every team's coming into the season expects to win a Super Bowl. I think that the Mavs want to be in that place where every year they're expecting to contend for a championship and eight games into the season is not, is, is too early 
to be having some level of concession. And so I think that that's probably the place that not to try and get in Jason Kidd's head, but it feels like that's probably the place that he's coming from with these comments. Now, of course, I don't again, I don't know the exact tenor of it, so I'm interested in hearing it. But seeing the way Kyrie Irving characterized it, particularly as the veteran leadership, we Mm -hmm. talked about that last night, the veteran leadership on this team. I wonder if he helps um, in filtering that message further to the team. Like, hey, guys, however, the whatever the tenor of it is, because I sincerely don't know. He's calling he's calling us soft and we need to step up to the challenge. And I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what the response is. And I think that's part of what I like to take forward here as far as what that response will be, because now they have a couple of individuals in the room, particularly Grant Williams, who seems like has taken on, you know, some of that leadership, some of that mantra of being the guy that's willing to voice some of those concerns yeah. from a player perspective where it could be received a little bit because you can hear it. You know, from a coach, you can hear it from a front office person. You can hear it from a number of individuals. It lands different when the accountability is coming from one of your teammates sure. and being able to communicate it that way. And if Grant Williams, Kyrie Irving, or others are willing to disseminate that message to Luca, to whomever on this team, so that that behavior, quote-unquote, changes from a defensive standpoint, I can get with that. The other part I think about is yeah. from a pace standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Learning now how to balance – the type of play offensively sure. that they're engaging in and getting up the, up and down the floor with also trying to be better defensively because if we're going to take it from a base-level basketball perspective, you're probably going to have a little less more to give on the defensive end trying to get up and down the floor as much as they're trying to do so nowadays. 100%. 100%. So, and it's a great point. Yeah, I think we're trying to figure out what that balance looks like. So maybe kid and how it was characterized and then being soft, maybe taking it a little far, but at the same time, he's a coach who is willing – to take that kind of psychological step with his own words. Because this is the same coach at one point who said this team wasn't built to play defense. Now, this was obviously a couple of years ago. But at the same time. That was he, ahead of the run. It, it was. The it Western was. Conference Finals run. Yeah, it was. So, you know, kid will engage in some of that. But I think it's a little early to go that yeah, way. Yeah, that's the thing that, like, that's the thing that's kind of incredible to me is that it's happening a couple weeks into the season. Quite mm-hmm. literally a tenth of the way through the season this statement is being made. And so that's the thing I find incredible. But also, like, thinking about that team that went to the Western Conference Finals, you saw the ways in which, because on the text line for the 2-1-4, this team needs additional uh, rebounding too. Absolutely. And so the ways that we which we saw them kind of piece together some defense and rebounding, they did not have the size. They did not have the personnel to particularly defend on paper. But what they didn't have in that prestige they made up for an effort. They made up for a collective rebounding and collectively, you know, dropping and packing in the paint and making it tough for teams to get into the into the center of the court. And so I, I wonder if that's that's the mentality that he's trying to if he's trying to engender. I just find it amazing that eight games in the season they felt he deemed it necessary for this to happen. That's like when the uh, the Bucks are sorry, not the Bucks, the Bulls had a, a players only uh, players only meeting after what the first after game one. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, but Chicago, I don't know what they're doing out there in Chicago. Uh, just kind of give you some numbers, kind of back that up a little bit. Right now, the Mavericks are 10th in pace in the NBA uh, right now at 101.44. So a team that's literally top 10 in pace, trying to be better defensively, you're going to see some uneven play on that end of the floor because of how much energy they're expending right now as far as these first eight games are concerned going forward. But I think this will help. Once Derek Lively gets more consistent there. And this is another reason why I wanted them to make that move for Clint Capella. Sure. Because you can have a little bit of buffer for a little while while Lively comes along 
while having a veteran center there who can give you some of that rebounding and be a little bit more of an anchor as well with experience while Lively comes along. In or you way. can also make sure you always have one on the court. Exactly. Exactly. Because then Lively gets to come off the bench at that particular point instead of having Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba and trying to figure out if Rashawn Holmes has anything, you know, at the center position as an undersized center in that way. I'm still, and maybe I need to go back and check because maybe the reporting was done, but I'm still so interested in what the Clint Capella, what the Clint Capella potential deal would have had to look like that the Mavericks or the Hawks were unwilling to get that thing done. Because what what are you giving up from this team in order to add Clint Capella? Because obviously it's not just going to be a we take Clint Capella end of deal. Like sure. there's going to be a get back. And I wonder how much of the guys that are not currently factoring majorly into the rotation are you moving and how many of the folks are of the, that you are uh, having factor into the rotation. Josh Green being one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if the Hawks decide, you know, when it comes to the trade deadline in February, if they go ahead and move on from Capella because it would make sense given the fact that they have signed uh, one of their other centers to a nice lucrative deal there. By the way, Mavericks 23rd in the NBA right now in defensive rating at 118.3. Feel feel better, Derek. Uh, I'm sorry, wrong number. 114.2. 114.2. Did that make the ranking any better? Uh, no. Oh, okay. uh, the offensive rating is the number that I accidentally read. 114.2. They are just behind Brooklyn and just in front of, ironically, how about this? The Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks. Do we have time here? The Bucks have uh, been an interesting case because we knew the defense was going to be less giving up some of the players that they did, obviously, namely Drew Holiday. Uh-huh. Um, and bringing in an offensive player in Dame Lillard who's yep. defensively uh, not inclined. There we go. That's a great way of saying it. <laughs> but the thought was that the defense wouldn't wouldn't slip. and the, the offense would be so good that the defense, whatever slippage you have in the defense would be worth it. And right now, not quite that yet. I imagine once you actually get towards postseason play, that it will look that way. But as of right now, interesting questions. Adrian Griffin, figure some things out. I do wonder what Brooke Lopez and what his numbers look like because that could be a drastic effect on what they've got going on there too. Mavericks get back on the floor tomorrow night when they take on the Los Angeles Clippers. Don't look soft now. <laughs> Not against these jokers. Shout out to the 682. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. <laughs> Shout out to Enzo and Cass. Uh, but yeah, they play the Clippers tomorrow. At the American Airlines Center. Game two of the NBA Cup, the in-season tournament. And the Clippers haven't looked good since that trade yet. There's a lot of things to figure out. But Correct. you got to be able to pounce on that. <laughs> you would think so. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League. Get you caught up on what's happening in Chicago. Big play there. And the NFL, an NFL player being fined for this. Next on the Get Right. So get right with Reggie KG here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105.3. The fan about to go around the National Football League here in just a moment. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Chris Strong hold it down for you here. Coming up at the top of the hour here on your home of the Cowboys. Had a really nice conversation today uh, with Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson. And so, Whoa. yeah, it was a really good conversation. I played some of the clips from, from that today, and he has obviously been a, a – Big parts of this Cowboys offense over the last several weeks. So, uh, top of the hour, a little uh, Wisconsin tight end Jake Ferguson and what he's been doing, uh, his connection with Dak Prescott uh, here on the get right. Right now, though, let's go around the National 
Football League here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys. I will start in Chicago as we do have Thursday night football. Football. Kind of. Between the Panthers and the Chicago Bears. But we did have a massive play in this game that I think is worth uh, is worth hearing from Thursday night football. I will have it here in just a moment. Um, I thought that was a fantastic setup, though. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Yep. Because I'm trying to bring drama to a game that doesn't necessarily uh, have a lot of it. Because, you know, no Justin Fields. Sure. Bryce Young is playing. Wow. The way that you said that is kind of what? Kind of nasty. Uh, Montez Sweat is also playing. True. Uh, of course, newly minted defensive end from Washington. And then you have this. Run on their side. We, we got to match that physicality. Trenton Gill. Fields at the 24. Escapes. Nice run back. Only one man to beat. And Gill down the sidelines, skirting the sidelines, and takes it all the way into the flag down. Okay, so he really doesn't have – he's got nothing. Who? Al Michaels. Nothing. He at work? What you mad at him for? Nothing. He is at work. Emir Smith Marset had a fantastic kickoff return. You didn't hear the excitement in there? Uh, Did you? It was in there. You just got to squint. You squint, you turn your eyes, <laughs> t- turn your head to the left. Because I, I, it's in there. Can, hey, Chris, can you do me a favor? Can you run that back for me? And truckred.com text line, 877-811-1053. You didn't hear the big play do in there? Do you hear a hint of excitement? There's a big play in there, I from, swear. From Al Michaels here. Take a listen. Oh, no. The Gators got him. Trenton Gill. Fields at the 24. Escapes. Nice run back. Only one man to beat. And Gill down the sidelines, skirting the sidelines, and takes it all the way into the flag down. Yes, in there. All right. I guess, I guess if you, like you said, squint hard enough. That's right. Uh, Emir Smith Marset, 79 yard punt return for the touchdown for the Carolina Panthers gives them a 7 nothing lead as we're getting late into the first quarter. I, I got nothing. Al Michael said, look, man. The check clear. Kirk is like, you know what? I got to do these games because I'm getting paid a ton of money to do it. I'll just see you on Saturday with Pat McAfee and College Game Day. That's yeah, there you go, 214. They said they heard it. Uh, uh, from the 972 forced, though, excitement. From the 214, I, I heard it. Barely heard it. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll let you have that. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna like feel sorry for Al. Michaels I mean, I definitely way, don't feel sorry for him for sure. He just clocked in. Look, look, man. I feel like this makes Al Michaels a little bit more relatable. We've all been to. We've been on the job every once in a while. Where we're like, I would much rather be at home. See, I could go there with you if it hasn't been like this since he got on Amazon. You know, prime with these football games. Well, I mean, you seen the, you seen his uh, work conditions? We'll say it like that. His work conditions? Yeah, the games he got to call. Okay, I was like, what are we talking about? Because I heard Amazon got a bunch of money. Should be nice and plush for Kirk and uh, Al Michaels these days. As we continue around the National Football League, uh, let me go to my favorite NFL correspondent real quick. Oh, Lord. Ian Rappaport, uh, you have some news for us, sir. Uh, Cut number 12 on Justin Jefferson and his potential return here for the Minnesota Vikings. Coach Kevin O'Connor, when he addressed this yesterday, said it would be a little bit of a stretch to see Jefferson on the field this week. That makes sense. It feels to me, guys, like the opening of the practice window is more like 
He's doing well. He's rehabbing. He's healing. It's just kind of the next step. And not to say it's not important, because it is important. Getting Justin Jefferson, maybe the best receiver in the NFL, practicing instead of being kind of off to the side is really good. But it just doesn't mean that he's ready to play. It really means it's just the next step. They're going to be cautious. They're going to be smart. And I think they were going to be anyway going forward for an injury that's probably like a four- to six-week injury. We're now just after four weeks. The Vikings may be okay. They may be good. They may actually be a playoff team. You would probably like one of the best players in football on the field at 100% and back. The fact that they've become good while he's been out is crazy. But anyway, he's back at practice. <laughs> Even Rappaport's like, the fact that the Minnesota Vikings are actually playing good football, kind of, and winning games is actually is kind of crazy. If you look at Minnesota's schedule real quick, uh, they could be in a decent position by the time Jefferson gets back. Mm -hmm. They play their next three games are against the Saints in Minnesota, on the road against Denver, then back home against the Bears, and then on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm looking at that and thinking – That's not a bad stretch. That's not a bad stretch. That's not a bad stretch. Like, I could see them going 3-1 and one in those four games, probably maybe losing to the Saints on Sunday, but they could beat the Broncos, Bears, and Raiders and find themselves in the thick of it in the playoffs. Justin Jefferson saying today, though, he won't go out there until, until he is 100% uh, for this team. So I wouldn't either. <laughs> hey, Josh Dobbs, For who, man. for what? Josh Dobbs. Why not? Around the NFL here, apparently we've got NFL players allegedly faking concussions in these streets these days. Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to believe the NFL. Um, NFL PA president J.C. Treader, mm -hmm. um, he says that, you know, the NFL apparently had fined a player for faking a concussion. Um, J.C. Treader earlier today uh, released an open letter in which he outlined um, his issues with how the um, NFL – fines players right so he's pointing to the on-field fines that um that do come up from the nfl and one of the things he's talking about is um how there's a lot of types of on-field violations and if you look at the number of violations that were hand levied in 2022 there were 100 460 fines issued by the nfl when it came to this this you know genre about 100 of those fines were rescinded entirely after okay. a hearing and about 150 were reduced upon appeal. So, like, what he's pointing to is, look, man, there's instances where it feels like the NFL is overfining, and even the, you know, the apparatus that's been put in place to kind of appeal is uh, acknowledging that, like, half of these are either overfined or entirely ridiculous. Um, and he went as far as to illustrate that, how... Uh, he says this year, and I wonder if that is indeed speaking of the 2023 season, but this year a player was fined $50,000 for a, apparently faking an injury. The injury that the player was accused of faking was a concussion. Apparently the team's medical staff, remember, the team's medical staff told him to go down on the field. He came out of the game for concussion evaluation, which was required, right, under the jointly appointed, uh, you know, neurological. Uh, Independent evaluation. There you yeah. go. Thank uh -huh. you. Yeah. Um, went through the protocol after that went back to playing was then fined for supposedly oh, wow. faking an injury and one I think he makes a good point in like pointing out how yeah man we're getting a little we're getting a little too uh too far on these fines but also NFL finding that feels like a, a wild thing to do because particularly when it comes with head injuries I feel like 
the idea that someone might game the system, I understand. Look, we're trying to create as a, a, a fair a playing field as possible. When it comes to head injuries, I think you have to err on the side of sometimes someone's sometimes people are going to get the best of the system to try and prevent the bad side of this, which is really bad. Yeah. I guess the part that confuses me is he went through the entire protocol of getting the evaluation. Which is mandated by the system. And being cleared. Yeah. And then going back on the field. So is the NFL trying to say that he faked all of that? So he could just well, I mean, you you can't you didn't he didn't fake the evaluation. Then he became he was he was free to go back on the field. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why the NFL felt like they were needing to find him for following the rules that they put in place. And I think that's what J.C. Treader is trying to point to <laughs> the NFL PA president. Are these your like, rules, <laughs> look, man. This we're, we're getting we're getting rec- we're getting real reckless with this fine system, and it needs to be reined in. Of course, J.C. Treader, huh. in his obligation as the the president of the players' interests. I think it's making a case to possibly have this be one of the things that they discuss the next time the CBA comes up. Uh, for the one seven, how do you fake a concussion? I got hit in the head hard. Why is that bad to check out? Look, man. Great question. Great question. Great question. Uh, for the two one four, bro said his head hurt. Look. Now. Well, apparently he didn't. Apparently the the team came and said, "Hey, dog. I don't know. You're not looking right. You might want to come sit down for a second. Yeah, c- come sit by me." Uh, other people chiming in on the idea if there was excitement or not from the Al Michaels call. Uh, someone said, for 469, Al Michaels, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um, also, someone else, <laughs> can you blame Al? It's 254. Can you blame Al? It's the Panthers versus the Bears, and he got to sit next to boring-ass Kirk Herbstreet. Well, <laughs> let me tell you who would make this game exciting. Who? 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 Did you just turn into an Al? Or, you know. The New Day. Okay. Shout out to Alec uh, Medford. Kevin Harlan. Oh, yes. Kevin Harlan make anything exciting. I was, I got an assignment for you, Chris, in Uh-oh. the middle of the show. Just find any random great Kevin Harlan call, and then you let me know when you have it, and then we'll just play it because Kevin Harlan's that great. Yeah, I feel like you can just go in the system and type Harlan. Just and type of, in Harlan. One of these will pop up. And one of them, yeah, for sure. Is it the time that he called, what was it, like a cat running <laughs> down the field, something like that? That was the Cowboys-Giants game. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And he goes to the CDW, uh, something red zone, something like that. Anyway. Um, oh, wow. For the 682, I had a concussion for a whole month. Shaking my head, it was bad. Yeah. I mean, I think the NFL has a very unique perspective on how bad concussions could be yeah. uh, for their players and ultimately for their money. There's a reason why all these things have been put into place. And let me tell you, the NFL didn't do that out of the goodness of their heart. Very true. Right? Like, it took, it took a, le- a level of fighting and, I believe, some litigation in there as well. For them ultimately to come to this place. So it's kind of crazy. And I understand someone from the, uh, let's see, from the 585 said they're probably saying he never had a reason to enter the concussion protocol to begin with. But again, remember, those things are triggered by by factors outside of the individual player. There's independent folks looking at looking out that um, determine if somebody needs to go into these protocols because they want to make sure that players are not juking the system in the other way, saying that they're fine when they need, uh, when they actually do have a head injury. And so ultimately, the idea was not to like litigate this one individual instance, but to point out how the NFL has been a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit heavy with these fines that they've been levying from uh, on-field situations. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I present to you greatness of Kevin Harlan. Walking. He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive, kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at they're trying to corner him. 
and they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands, and the fans are running for their line. Now it goes back on the field again. He's so good. For everyone obviously not watching on the Twitch or the YouTube, Kevin Gray is mouthing along as Kevin Harlan. <laughs> You've listened to this so many times. I have. It's great. The, my favorite part of that clip is he is committed to the read. He is committed to ensuring that CDW, you know exactly what's going on with them and how to make sure you get taken care of by them. Uh, thank you, 469, for your uh, attempt to listen to us. We really mm-hmm, appreciate mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, here on the Get Right. Uh, that's your trip around the National Football League right here on 105.3 The Fan. From the 972, I need this guy to narrate, narrate my life. 100%. 100%. Kevin Harlan would be a great choice to narrate your life. And if you did not choose Kevin Harlan, who would you choose to narrate your life? 877-881-1053. I would like to hear your various responses. James Earl Jones. Okay, that's a great one. Yeah. Great one. You have one in particular? I, uh, like, I like the Hornets announcer. That guy goes, have y'all heard him? Uh, clearly, we sound like we need to. Yeah, right, I'll play some. Yeah, get, get, yeah. get us get, get us a little bit. Yeah. 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 yeah, please. Okay. My my first thought was the Morgan Freeman way of going about this. Oh yeah, the voice of God. Yeah, or Morgan. David Enbro, who does uh the the um Earth, the Planet Earth uh documentary oh, stuff. Oh, good stuff. That would be good. Uh, coming up next here on the Get Right with Reggie KG. The five. What was it? the five eight five says Bruce Belichick. All mm-hmm, right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, my conversation with Jake Ferguson today. Excuse me. Uh, what he told me was the turning point for him and Dak Prescott's relationship on and off the field. Next on the Get Right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 